and welcome to the Let's Talk About It series. Um, in this podcast, we're going to be talking about all things diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging in the workplace. So I am your host, Stacey Motley. I'm an HR and diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging consultant with One Digital. And I am here with a very special guest, my colleague, HR consultant, Octavia Derricott. I'll let her introduce herself. Hello, everyone. As Stacy said, my name is Octavia Derricott, and I, too, am an HR consultant. And I am very excited that Stacey asked me to be a part of this podcast. So we're going to have a very lively discussion today. Great. So we will go ahead and get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about difference. Um, and so one thing I will say is that there are a lot of hard numbers behind why difference is so important in the workplace and how important it is. So 67% of job seekers consider workplace diversity as an important factor when they're considering employment. And 50% of current employees want their workplaces to do more about diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. Additionally, 92% of employees said that they would be more likely to stay if their supervisor showed more empathy. And so that's why in the first blog post with the Let's Talk About It series, we talk about the importance of having a conversation. And it's called Let's Start With the Conversation. Octavia... What do you think about difference and the importance in the workplace? You know, I think differences are are essentially where our strengths lie. You know, early in my career, I used to teach orientation to all the new employees. And I would ask them, imagine a world where you woke up and everyone was like you. Meaning you woke up, you went to Starbucks or wherever, got your coffee, and that person was just like you, looked like you, act like you, behaved like you, had the same thoughts as you. And you got to work, the person that was at the door was you. And you went through your whole day. And how, how do you feel that that world, how would that world make you feel? And collectively, everyone would say, oh, you know, um, <laughs> because that would be a lot of yourself. That would be that would be the hugest, you know, echo chamber and differences is where our strengths lie. And so that's why I'm very excited to just talk about this, because in reading your article, it was just highlighting the fact that differences is diversity. Diversity is differences. And it just simplified something that feels so overwhelming to so many right now that it just made it easy. And so that's 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 what it is. That's such a great point. I don't think that anybody wants to be around themselves quite that much. (laughs) Right. Having a different perspective, having different voices in the room. I mean, something like that just has always been something that I was drawn to personally. I love to debate. I love to hear other ideas. I love to bounce my ideas off of other people and hear what they have to say that I might not have thought about, quite frankly. And that's how businesses get better. I mean, studies have also shown that there's greater innovation when there are different perspectives in the room because somebody will say, have you thought about this? What about that? From my perspective and my experience, this is how I did things. And someone else will say, oh, wow, never thought of that. In my experience, we did it this way. And that only strengthens an organization. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And right now with everything that's going on in society, as well as the challenges that organizations are facing with some of those societal um, impacts being felt in the workplace, along with the things that already existed in the workplace, diversity and equity and inclusion is just one of those things that we have to make space for it. We, it, 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 the time, the time, it was already time to do so, mm-hmm. but the time is, it's, it's now. The space, it, we have to create space for it because essentially um, it's creating space for everyone. And similar, Stacey, like you've shared with me before in the past, is that even if you're the only one, even if you're the only one of something, that's it's time to create that space for that inclusion um so this yeah that's a great point and that's something that you know we were talking about that earlier this week and I've been having conversations with others as well and one thing I've said is that it's time to start asking the question why and the question why not Mm -hmm. and so just like we're saying even if there's only one person why not account for them Mm -hmm. why only account for the majority versus other people who might not feel or think or go through the same things. They're just Mm -hmm. as important. They matter just as much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, talking about difference and how it strengthens an organization. I mean, one thing we were also talking about this week was just that difference of opinion is not the issue. It's a lack of civility. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not knowing how to disagree. It's not, there's no problem with disagreeing. Difference isn't wrong. It's just different. Mm -hmm. And so tell us more about that. Yeah, I think that throughout human resources, this our profession, I know early on when my first job in HR was a recruiter, and then I just transitioned to other areas of HR. And you know, one of the key messages that we would drive home with recruitment or employee relations was we don't talk about politics, let's not talk about religion, let's not talk about any of those sensitive subjects, let's not talk about race, as if we can unpack all of these things that are, that makes us who we are, Mm -hmm. let's unpack those things at the door and then show up as these robots um, of which you would like for me to be. And for a long time, and I say this about a profession I love, but for a long time, we did that. We encouraged that as opposed to saying, let's teach you how to have these conversations. Let's teach you civility. Let's teach how to disagree. Um, and, and let's make this a workplace where we recognize the differences as opposed to ignoring them because they may make me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. I mean, I completely 100% agree. It's so interesting because, you know, in my work doing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging consulting, that's something that I stress. You know, again, we have that article, um, it starts with a conversation, and that's what it's about. Before you can do anything else, you have to understand each other as people. You have to understand where they're coming from. You have to understand, you know, what people's backgrounds are, what their lived experiences are, so you can really bridge that gap of understanding um, and empathy quite frankly. I mean, that's okay. a huge one. And so learning how to communicate starts with understanding where someone comes from, the differences in how they might have been raised, their lived experiences in general. And um, it really strengthens teams that way as well. It helps to, to 
to improve performance. It helps with teamwork. It helps with all of that. So we facilitate these conversations with um, the leadership first. It definitely starts with the leadership team. There's no way to skip that step because they have to be able to display the same vulnerability we're asking of other people. And so for them to be, to be able to lead by example, we start with them, have that conversation, and we brought it out to the broader team and have the organization involved completely in these conversations. And it makes such a huge difference. I've seen such amazing things happen when leaders take off that leadership cap and they put on that human cap. And their teams see each other as people. Like you said, you're not robots. You're just not. And we can't say remove the emotion we can't say pretend that you weren't triggered by something you saw in the news you can't say any of that because you bring all of that to work your people first you do you do and I think that understanding and accepting that it may be uncomfortable and that's okay Mm -hmm. it's it's not you know it's it's okay for it to be uncomfortable but in reading in reading your article what really resonated with me is that it's okay to be uncomfortable. But at the same time, where we are is it's not okay to be silent. And and what that looks like for me is if I know one of my colleagues or anyone in the workplace, um, something may have there may have been something on the news that could have been triggering or it could it, it could be something in a workplace. Just being able to say, I don't know what to say right now, but I feel I feel like I, I want to say something to support you, but I don't know the right words. I think that's okay. That's very true. I think that a lot of leaders are concerned about saying the wrong thing. A lot of times I talk to my clients, that is their number one concern. What if I say something that makes it worse? But you're absolutely correct. Saying nothing at all is worse. The best you can do is acknowledge that you said, like you said, don't know the right thing to say but you just want to support. I remember last year um, after the George Floyd murder, I had a coworker reach out to me and said exactly that. She said, look, I don't know what to say. I just want you to know that I stand with you. And, okay. you know, that's it. And for me, obviously, it's been almost a year. And I still remember that because it meant so much yeah. to me. That week was really difficult. And of all the things that I don't remember, uh, that stood out to me and still stands out to me because I just felt like I knew I had support somewhere, even though I did not really know her even that well. Mm-hmm. I knew I had that support and that's crucial. Mm-hmm. We all need to feel supported regardless of what our backgrounds are, where we're coming from. And so reaching out and trying to just show that you are an ally is mm-hmm. huge. It is. It, it absolutely is. Because tying it back in to differences, it's it's acknowledging those. It's acknowledging the fact that I may this, I may be feeling this differently than you because you have a different lived experience than what I have. And I may not be able to fully empathize with how you're perceiving whatever it is that's happening. But I want to, I want you to know that I see you and I want to sit in this space with you. That's it. I can't fix it. I don't know what to say. And that's okay. But I want to sit in this space with you for as long as you allow me to. 
And that's just so comforting. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's exciting. Yeah. So um, one other thing that we were talking about, you know, related to the workplace is that, you know, I love how you talk about the workplace as a relationship. It is. Uh, talk more about that. <laughs> Oh, Stacey, really? <laughs> really? Yes, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, uh, I love how you talk about it. So I just think that um, employment, the employment relationship, ultimately, if you look at employers and employees as two people, right, that come together and and to and jointly form a relationship like you would with you know relationships that you have with your family, your friends, your intimate relationships, whatever the case may be. It's very similar to that because both parties have needs, both parties um, have some level of expectations from one to the other. There's an exchange happening. There's a reciprocity that is happening. There's a level of treatment that is expected. Um, so it has all of the ingredients of any other relationship that you have. But I think the difference is, is that historically there's been an imbalance in this relationship where, quite frankly, it has favored the employers uh, is favored the employers more. And now in 2021, you have employees and I will give a shout out to millennials because (laughs) I'm not one, but I am one at heart, you know, um, that's coming along and just questioning everything. And, and quite frankly, holding, holding the workforce, holding employers feet to the fire just by doing one thing. Why? It's that one question that that generation, like, <laughs> shout out. Uh, why? Why are you doing it this way? Why have you always done it this way? And, and it's a matter of, What's in it for me, but not from the perspective of a paycheck, from Mm -hmm. the perspective of how is this connected to the greater good? How is this connected to humanity? How is this connected to making a difference? Because you can't necessarily, you you know, and this is just my own personal opinion. Millennials aren't about the paycheck necessarily. Everyone needs to be able to take care of themselves, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But that's not what's going to retain them. It needs, there needs to be a connection there. And that connection is driven by the why. And they will ask and demand an answer. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, millennial and I'm a millennial to my core. And what I say is to everyone, the rumors are true. That is what we do. (laughs) We absolutely question everything. And you touched on a great point. Money is not enough to keep us necessarily, you know, one thing they say about millennials is that we're not afraid to leave a job if we're not happy. And studies have shown that the most people leave because they're not happy with the workplace culture. It's not Mm -hmm. because of pay. And the funny thing is, I thought this was really interesting when I saw this stat earlier this week, more supervisors assume that 
they're going to lose their team member because of money, then that actually being the reason why people leave, that's usually the least likely reason someone's leaving, not the most likely reason. And with millennials, that is especially true. And you are completely correct. We are all about the cause. We're all about what else is there at the organization. So yes, Mm -hmm. you're paying me. Anyone can pay me. I can go to any company and get paid for the same exact job. What else are you bringing? What kind of benefits do you offer? What kind of ways to give back do you offer? Do you have a corporate giving program? Do you have a community Mm -hmm. service program? All of those things are really important for me personally. I've been volunteering since I was in high school. I love volunteering. I love giving back. I feel like people poured into me as I was growing up. I want to pour into people just the same way. And so having an impact is important internally and externally. And so I I think that that is just one of the things that we talk about are the differences in the generations. And that is one of the things that um, has been pointed out. Millennials now make up the largest group of of all the generations in the workplace right now. And so those are things you do have to be thinking about. Not everyone is going to fit that bill. Like you said, you're a millennial at heart, not by number, but you have to be thinking about the differences in the workplace right now. And we have a very diverse group of generations currently. Oh, we do. We have from traditionalists to millennials to what's the generation? Um, I forget. Gen Z. Gen Z. How did I forget that? X, Y, Z. And and the impact of having all of these generations come essentially to a home. Let's just envision this for a second. Right. All of these generations, we put them all in the same place at the same time. Right. And expect them to work together to produce when you can't treat everyone the same, right? Because everyone responds to things differently, right? Yeah. But you have to be fair. You have to be heard. You have to listen. You, 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 and you have to navigate each person differently. And, and as a leader, I, can, I, I, can, I know how hard that can be, but it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Absolutely. It's so interesting because I've had so many clients bringing that up recently. I've had so many clients who have said that the difference in generations is very noticeable. And one thing that they have noticed is that, especially with millennials and Gen Z, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is incredibly important. So that's one thing. Um, And then the other is just the personalities, like you mentioned. That is a big thing. I've noticed a lot of issues related to communications in workplaces. And part of the communication issues just related to personality. So having that conversation is a great start. But now what, right? So there are going to be other action steps. And we'll get into that in some in some future episodes. Um, but one thing that I love is we have a training consultant in-house, and there's a whole team of trainers under her. And one thing that they offer is a top specialty training is navigating the different personalities in the workplace. Mm-hmm. That's incredibly important, like you said. It is. It is. Because I remember and and I and I reference back for for context because I know that there's people hopefully that will listen or view this of of different generations. So I'm mm-hmm. just pulling in reference points from, you know, historically uh, in a workplace, it was a matter of you just, you show up, you do your work. You show up, you do your work. Yeah. All your baggage is viewed as baggage. You leave it at the door. 
I'm not hiring you for you. I'm hiring you for your skills. I believe you're the best at this. So this is what I want you to do. Right. Yeah. And those days are gone. That's quite like frankly, realistic. never to return. <laughs> I, I, say that again. That's not realistic, honestly. It's I mean, not. And how crazy yeah. was it that, you know, that we operated that way, but we did. Yeah, but not well. That's what we're not working well. out. <laughs> and <laughs> so you can't, you can't leave any part of the person out. And that's you why, can't. you know, one digital, we're all about the whole being. So we're looking at, you know, emotional and mental well-being. We're looking at physical well-being. We're looking at financial well-being because you cannot leave any part of someone out. They all, all of those parts make up the employee at the core, just like diversity, diversity does as well. And mm-hmm. so if you're going to be addressing these issues, you have to be thinking about all angles and you cannot say, leave your baggage at the door. Mm-hmm. Your baggage is part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So like, that's, yeah, that's not, that's not realistic and, at all. And we all have it. it. It's the same thing as mental health and physical health. We all have it. The degree to which it's positive or negative, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's in part up to us in part, but we all have it. And that's the same thing as, as, as we got to find a better word besides baggage, our lived <laughs> experiences that have shaped us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How about that? Our, our lived experience that have shaped us and that we carry. Let's say it that way. And that make us human. I mean, that, that is the day that's we are. I think that, you know, some people um, have trended towards perfectionism. There, there's no way to be perfect. It's impossible. It's so we impossible. believe that at the door. That's the thing to leave at the door. Your humanity shouldn't be part of that. Yeah, it shouldn't. It, yeah, and and the thing about humanity is is that it it's it's never a question. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't be. It should never be a question. And and I love that you mentioned perfectionism because mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, why that's a thing. And I'll tell you this as a recovering perfectionist, <laughs> I, uh, as a recovering perfectionist, um, oh, it's, 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 it's the killer of all things. Great. You know, that's just, you know, that's just, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, because we're not designed to be that. Absolutely. And I mean, I I love that you're a recovering perfectionist. I am also a recovering perfectionist. And what I will say, I think there's a lot of us out there. And then there are a lot who are recovering perfectionists in waiting. (laughs) So they will get there (laughs) because it's impossible. And I think it's dragging a lot of people down because they're recognizing that they can't live up to that standard. They're still trying to, and that's why they're in waiting. And, you know, they'll eventually get to that point. And we're here to help usher in that era of it's okay to be human. Let's it talk is. about it. Let's talk about how human we are. It's okay. Lift that it carpet is. up. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's it's all right. I agree. <laughs> so I think that I, I will use that word anyway. That's a perfect place to stop. Um, this is such a great conversation. Hopefully we will connect again for some more future conversations. Yeah. Um, Please stay tuned for future episodes of Let's Talk About It. Be sure to check out that article we mentioned. It starts with the conversation. And then also check out our diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging page. Um, There are lots of other resources and articles on there, as well as other articles in our Fresh Thinking blog. Looking forward to next time. Take care.